Hello, good people of God. I hope you're doing well. Uh, as always, I enjoy being with you. And uh, until the Lord comes, we're going to keep doing this. Um, I definitely have been feeling a quickening in my spirit um, that the Lord is soon to return. And um, I hope that you've been feeling the same thing. Um, I'm telling you, as we go through these next um, four years, you should be feeling more and more of this. As I said, uh, I'm going to be touching more and more on these topics. Matter of fact, I'm going to get very specific in a um, lesson coming up that I'm going to do called The Road to 2024. And... I'm going to lay it out plainly and simply what I believe is going to happen over the next four years. And I believe at the end of these four years, um, we are going to see what has been preached and teached for the longest of time, referred to as the seven year tribulation. But that is not what we're here to talk about on this episode. So that was kind of like a commercial, I guess you could say. <laughs> Don't forget, though, if you want to uh, reach us and you have a prayer request or you have any questions about any Bible topic or just anything going on in the world, you can reach us at the best 30 minutes at gmail.com. Remember to spell out um, the word minutes, but you're going to type in the number three zero. So that is the best three zero the word minutes spelled out and at gmail.com or you can send us a text message with your prayer request or your question to the number nine zero one three two one nine three five seven all right um today we're actually going to talk about a little brief history of the early church um And I think the reason why this topic is important is because uh, some of this is going to lead into what is going on today. Once again, when we say early church, I'm referring to um, the Catholic Church. Now, the church in general, and I want people to understand this because I heard one time somebody tell me that the whole reason that we even have the church we have right now is because of the Catholic Church. So, I understand what is meant by that but to be real the only reason we have church is because of God you know I think people often forget the purpose of the church even in general um, in our reality the church itself really wouldn't even exist um, if it wasn't for the fall of man the first thing that the Lord created was not a church the first thing he created was a family it is because the family failed that the church was even created. So the job or the true job of the church is really is in restoring the family back to its original place. Just if you want to just be blunt about it. God created a family in the garden and the, the family failed. So God had to establish something to get things back to its original purpose and intent. And so therefore we see. Um, that's how the church was formed. Now, the thing about it, when you read in Genesis, 
Um, God foretold what his plan was going to be to get their family back in place. He had that conversation with the devil in the garden. And so what you begin to start to see throughout history, the devil starts to try and dismantle this plan. You know, God told the devil, it's through this same woman referring to Eve that you have caused all of this, that I'm going to use the same woman to bring about a, um, basically give myself a body to bring about a baby to be born in this earth to restore mankind. And so then you begin to see the race <laughs> take place where the devil starts to try and kill all the babies um, to prevent basically that from happening. So he starts trying to kill all of the children from being born, you know, all of the males, basically trying to prevent the prophecy from happening. But almost like a game of chess, each move that the devil makes only um, ends up progressing the prophecies. And so every move he's made while, you know, on the outside, it looks like it's damaging the church. It actually is progressing it, moving it forward. And so um, we see the same thing happening today. And so through the uh, Catholic Church, the devil kind of looks like he is going to control it. But through this same system, um, God is able to maneuver around it. And through the persecution of Catholicism, it actually spreads the gospel. Um, so we're just going to get into a little bit of that history. And as I said, I just want to bring it back to how it's going to play a role into the last end time days. All right. Now, the first thing I want to read is um, the establishment kind of of this because the Catholic Church, as we all know, the head of the Catholic Church is the Pope. And so it is the belief of the of Catholicism that St. Peter or the Apostle Peter that we know, Simon Peter or however you want to refer to him as, was considered the first Pope. And they base this off of the scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 where it says Jesus referring to saying and I tell you that you Peter or that Simon you are now Peter and on this rock I will build my church and gates of hell will not overcome it but what I want to show you is as I just read that one verse um, you can't do that you have to read stuff in its entirety and that's what God um, wants us to do the devil Throughout the Bible, if you read, he under he knows scripture. You have to remember that he was in the presence of God, so he understands it. But the problem is the devil will use one scripture and try and make you think something else with it. So you have to read stuff in its entirety. And that's why even through these episodes that I do, when I'm talking, I always tell people, don't just take what I'm saying. You need to pray and do your research. Don't do one. Do both of them. Pray and do your research because through prayer, God is going to give you that confirmation. And through the research, you'll be able to show yourself approved that 
Number one, I laid eyes on this. I've done my own research to show this. And then you get that confirmation through God. And through that, you can start to stand on something. But when you just say, well, my pastor said this. My church teaches this. I heard on this podcast. That is not um, sufficient. You don't risk your salvation. You don't risk your life or even what you teach in your children based off of something somebody said. You know, the word of God is true. And even God tells us that we need to test what he's saying. And what, what that is meant is not as in disbelief. But God knows that his word is true. So if you live by it, you're going to get the results from it. But just to show you what I mean, I just read Matthew 16 and 18 to you. And how they established this as Peter being the first pope and basically how every other pope after him uh, has, you know, basically they look at it as a descendant uh, spiritually from Peter. But I want to show you that that is not what Jesus was saying. And um, anybody who allows the Holy Spirit to tell them can see that. But when you just take one verse, and the devil, he knew, he knew this, but his intentions were to establish a system that he could use, and that's exactly what he's done. But let's go to Matthew chapter 16, and I'm going to show you that that is not what Jesus meant. And the reason we know that is because just after Jesus uses this term of telling Peter upon this foundation, you know, it's what the church is going to be built. We'll see some scriptures behind it. Jesus turned around and called Peter Satan within the same conversation. So uh, he is not referring to Peter as being the person that he is going to build the foundation of his church on. Peter is just that of a man. And we know the history of Peter. He goes on to deny Jesus three times. So there's no way in the world he's going to build his church upon a human who needs to be saved their own self. But anyway, chapter 16, we're going to start with uh, Matthew chapter 16. Let's just pick up at about uh, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I am son of man? I'm sorry. He says, whom do men say that I am, say that I, the son of man, am? Verse 14, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias and others, Jeremiah, referring to Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, but whom do you say I am? All right, verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Notice what Jesus tell him in verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So number one, he does not give the credit to Peter. He says, this was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. You know, so praise God that you heard from my Father in heaven, because what you said is correct. So upon what you just said, that's what the foundation of the church is going to be built on. All right. So notice verse 18, it says, and I say unto thee 
Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what is he talking about? What you just said, that I am the Son of God, the Christ. That is what we're going to build uh, the foundation of the church on, and the gates of hell is not going to be able to prevail against this. They're going to teach against it that I am not the Son of God. They're going to teach against it that I am not the Son of the living God. They're going to do all these different things, but they won't prevail. And it's not you, Peter, that we're going to build the foundation of the church on. And so I'm going to show you, as I said, within the same conversation, um, you can't stop right there. That's not what Jesus was referring to, Peter himself. Okay? So verse 19, And I will give unto thee keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whosoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whosoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Notice that command God has given to all Christians. We possess the Holy Spirit, so whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in, in heaven. And what that means is um, it is through the Holy Spirit that we are able to pray and make things happen. You know, we are, have to be on one with what goes on in heaven. The angels are working with us on that behalf. Verse 20. Then charged he his disciples that should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Wow. So Jesus began to tell them that it is through quote unquote the church, the establishment of the church, the priest and all of these who are going to actually have him killed. But I'm going to rise on the third day. Now notice the same one whom Jesus just said, um, the Lord has revealed this to you. Amen, Peter. God has just revealed this to you. The same one. Now look in verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke. Began to rebuke him, referring to Jesus, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. In other words, this is not going to happen to you, Lord, not while I'm around you. But then it says, Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those of men. <laughs> that is a complete 100% contrast of what just happened. <laughs> a couple of verses before, he is saying, The Lord has revealed this to you, Simon Peter. And then a couple of verses behind, it, he's saying, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Because you are speaking the things of men and not of God. <laughs> so that is very interesting how, once again, we see people do this just like with the Catholic Church. We take out what we want and we leave what we don't want. You can't do that with the Bible. You have to take it in its entirety. And so, in other words, Peter is saying, Jesus, we not going to let you die. We ain't, That ain't going to happen while I'm around. And Jesus is explaining to him, you speak of men. You are the devil, what you're saying. Because you don't even understand that in order for y'all to be saved, in order for the Holy Spirit to 
um, be prophesied as I have prophesied in order for the Holy Spirit to come and live within all of you to carry out the purpose in which I've established to bring back the family, which was the original purpose to get things back the way it was before Adam and Eve fell. I've got to die. So you speak of evil trying to prevent the will and the work of God. Okay, so um, I'm not going to finish reading this, but I encourage you to do so in your own time. As you continue reading that chapter and those verses, you begin to see that Jesus had to rebuke Peter. Uh, But I wanted to point it out to you for you to understand that he was not referring to Peter uh, as being the foundation of his church. Um, That is not what he was doing. As a matter of fact. As you read the scripture, scripture, as it continues to go on, you see all kind of situations like that where they will argue amongst themselves um, about who is the greatest. <laughs> and Jesus had to explain certain things to them. So God has not established a system where one was over the other and all of that type of thing. Jesus is the head of the church. Okay. So, but you need to have the understanding of how the Catholic Church operates and what they think. So that um, within itself was the foundation that they believe that Peter was the first Pope. Okay. Alright, so that's the first thing. Now, if you, as you continue throughout history, you will uh, see that the same manner of control that the devil had in the very beginning, even during Jesus' time, you know, of him being crucified, is still in effect today through that same system of control over the Catholic Church. Uh, They consider themselves to be basically God in the flesh, operating on behalf of God. And they like to be in control. And, you know, in the former episode, we talked about this, how they changed or, con- or as we said, you can't change something that God has established. But they call themselves selves trying to change the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. And they've changed the calendar that we um, use from the Julian calendar over to the Gregorian calendar, which was named after Pope Gregory the 13th. Um, And we know the position that the Pope takes is that any changes that he make or interpretation of the Bible that he make is without error because he's acting on behalf of God. He can't make mistakes. But I want you to notice um, a few things, as I mentioned in some former episodes dealing with the Catholic Church, that there are some Um, People who've come out of the Catholic Church that have done a great work for the body of Christ. As I said, people are born into certain religions. So um, just because somebody is a Catholic or born into it or even Muslims or whatever the case may be, what you're born in, that does not make them a bad person. Because I've met people of all sorts of faiths um, that I tell them, read your Bible and pray. And as they begin to pray and read that Bible, 
the Lord will start to show them the errors of the stuff they believe and they end up able to come out of it. But everybody has to start somewhere. And so the same is true for Catholicism. People are born into it. But as they start to seek the truth, um, they end up coming out of it, you know. Um, and I use Martin Luther as a good example for that. Those of you who may not know about the Protestant Reformation, this is a part of church history. Um, for years and years, the Catholic Church, as I said, they operate through the Pope being the head person. The reason why this system has been set up and established is because the Bible tells us that this one man and this establishment is going to lead everybody to worship the person that is going to be known or that we in the Bible refer to as the Antichrist. So basically the devil has set up a church of his own that is going to um, lead people to worship him. And so um, you see people like Martin Luther as he begins to read the Bible as he began to pray more, he is trying to um, show the people who are over this system how the Bible is pointing against this particular thing. Just, you know, for the record, some of the things that the Catholic Church like control over throughout the years that has been a problem for Christians and that has caused many of them to be persecuted is... Number one, being able to own and freely read your Bible. That was something that used to be illegal. You would be persecuted for having a copy of your Bible and reading it. They did not allow that. They did not allow that. Um, the other thing, which is one of the biggest things that even um, got Martin Luther started, was the selling of indulgences. Um, and okay, let's, uh, let's talk about the Reformation for a moment. Okay. So when we were talking about the Reformation or the Protestant, uh, Reformation, it basically was a movement within Western Christianity in the 16th century, uh, of Europe. It basically it posed a religious and political challenge to the Catholic Church. Basically, in particular, it was a, a challenge against papal authority. And um, in my opinion, basically, in a nutshell, it was started with the publication of 95 Theses, which were printed by Martin Luther. Now, what exactly were these 95 Theses statements? Okay, what it was, it was a list of propositions for an academic debate, you could say, that was written in 1517 by Martin Luther. Martin Luther basically was a professor of moral theology um, who attended the University of Wittenberg in Germany. Now, um, Martin, Martin Luther studied the Bible, and he began to see that uh, 
basically the position that the Catholic Church was taking on certain things, it just wasn't right. And one of those was the abuse and the practice of clergy selling preliminary indulgences. And what those indulgences were, they basically were certificates um, that made people believe that they could reduce the temporary punishment. They could have temporary punishment in purgatory for sins that they committed or sins committed by their loved ones. So in other words, they would tell these people they could purchase a certificate that would allow them to limit the amount of time that they could spend in purgatory in hell. Or say if you got a loved one and you think that's where they may be, you could purchase a certificate and offer the same thing for that family member. Now, the problem with this is Luther believed that true repentance was required by Christ. And obviously that's correct when you read the Bible. But Luther, um, he felt like true repentance was required by Christ, you know, in order for your sins to be forgiven. And it involved inner spiritual repentance rather than uh, um, an external sacramental confession. And so he argued that indulgences that were led by Christians basically would avoid somebody um, or keep you from having true repentance and sorrow for your sin as long as you had the belief that you could forego it by buying an indulgence. And that makes complete sense. And so these indulgences, according to Luther, they discourage Christians from giving to the poor, from performing other acts of mercy. Um, and so the believing that these indulgence certificates were more spiritually valuable than true repentance. And so this ended up causing um, a great deal of commotion because basically what Luther wanted to do was he went through and all of the issues that he was finding with the Catholic Church. He basically went through the trouble of not trying to start a commotion and a riot, but actually he done it professionally and had this stuff um, in the modern day time, we could say, typed up and printed out. And he nailed it on the door of the church so that, you know, we could have a debate about these things and discuss this because if you guys are really trying to be the head of the church and you want to do things God's way, then we need to discuss this. Why, you know, God is saying to do these things this particular way and you guys are doing it this particular way. And obviously because these things were not being done in a manner that God, you know, has placed it. And they've been done, obviously the devil is leading it, and it's been done out of way for man to profit. They were not trying to change this. You know, you see the same thing with Jesus when he went into um, the temple and those people were selling and made the house of God into a den of thieves. And he began to throw and move all of this stuff out of the way. This is the same thing. You see these people are doing this stuff on their own. And so, uh, basically, all the Catholic Church look at it as in you are interfering with what we're doing. And it is um, a system of control. And so, um, this began to be a problem. So, um, as I said, just throughout history, you see 
the Catholic Church has persecuted several Christians. Um, Martin Luther is not the only one. As I mentioned before, people like William Tyndale, John Wesley, um, and several others who uh, have been um, people who the Catholic Church has opposed throughout the years. Um, and so, just to move into more relevant matter, the Bible talks about uh, this system or this body of of religion work. And you may not have paid a whole lot of attention to it, but even to this day, the Pope is trying to bring about uh, a one world government. He's trying to bring our religions under him. And this is not really a matter of trying. He's doing it. Um, so I encourage you to look that up. You'll see the promotions and the videos he's been doing for that. Um, this very year, he's holding a meeting to try and lock down um, education being taught one particular thing. So it's a universalism of religions. That is his role. And the Bible foretold this. So once again, this is not a shock. But how is this going to play a role in the end time? The Bible talks about there's going to be an Antichrist. Along with the Antichrist is going to be um, the false prophet. The false prophet is going to lead people into accepting this Antichrist person. So the Pope that we have, he is the false prophet. He is most definitely doing his job of setting up and establishing this one world religion. What is the one world religion that all religions are the same as long as we are worshiping God? The thing about it is they're leading people away from following the guidelines of God. The guidelines of accepting Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Um, there's no way our religions can be the same because they conflict on who they accept Jesus Christ as. So there's just no way we can do this. But anyway, the Bible told us that they were going to do this. And so we're going to see the same way that the Catholic Church operated back in those days to where it's my way or death. That is going to come about. That is why the Bible talks about there's going to be this one world religion, a one world government. That's going to be the job of the Antichrist on this one world government. And so what you're going to see is this system combined. To where if you don't agree with this particular system and receive the mark, you will not be able to buy nor sell um, nor worship freely anymore. And so what will happen is you will be persecuted. So this is not going to be anything any different than what has taken place in history before. It's going to be the same thing arising. And God has uh, already foretold this particular thing. That it was going to happen. Um, you know, the only difference is this. As I said, throughout the years we've been talking about these things are going to happen. They're going to come about. They're coming up. The difference is now we're in an age where it's happening. We're not talking about what's going to happen. Like it's a far off thing anymore. This stuff is happening in our lifetime. 
and many people are not seeing it because they are distracted. But that is the job of the church. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that you can, uh, to get the ball rolling for people to see. You can go on YouTube and um, type in stuff like the Pope's um, One World Religion Movement. You'll see the commercials and stuff. This stuff has been advertised all the way for the last five or six years. You just may not have noticed it. But you can see it. Go to the Vatican website and look up his itinerary. As I said, this very year, um, he's having meetings to try and get um, the education system and the people over the heads of the religions to sign a pact this year to get it in writing. So this stuff is happening before our very eyes. Um, so whether you like it or not, we are becoming part of history. And just as we read the Bible and we read about um, the early apostles in church history, we are becoming a part of history as well. These things are being fulfilled. Um, but it's important to understand the role that the early church played uh, because that same system that the devil used is being used today um, and is going to be used even heavily in the next couple of years but I just wanted to make note of make sure you understand because I've had this talk with people before and as I said people want to make it seem like it is the Catholic Church that has given us the church we have today don't misunderstand as I said the church was established by God um, you know, I understand historically, you know, what somebody may be mean by that, but you also need to understand and know historically, um, how the Catholic church has persecuted the saints, you know, and what's interesting to me about the whole Peter establishment as the first Pope is, you know, it's the same system that crucified Peter <laughs> that killed him <laughs> so you know it's awkward that they you know, used that as uh, establishment for him being the first one but um, nevertheless keep your heart ears eyes open and when I refer to those things I mean spiritually um, do your research do your prayer um, to see where these things are from. Um, if you want to go deeper in this subject, let me know. Because um, when we say church history, that's, that is such a broad subject. Um, you know, that can be broken down into Old Testament and New Testament. But I kind of just did a brief summary. As I said, and the whole reason why the church was even established was because of what happened with Adam and Eve. Um, and so it really is upon that point that the church was started, you know, if you really want to get technical. You'll begin to see that um, God set up this system where they uh, 
started making sacrifices. You remember that's what generated um, Cain to kill Abel over the whole sacrifice and things. So the church got established pretty early on. Um, it's just that we start to see the different levels of establishment take place throughout history. Um, but, you know, in a certain manner, people don't think about it. Just as God has used the church throughout history, so has the devil. So, prayerfully, you got a little bit better understanding of it. And um, if we need to go more, or you have more of a specific question dealing with church history, then um, please let us know.